Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? <laughs> Not Samsung, Greg. Not Samsung. Not what? Not Samsung. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Pull-Up Trey Podcast, wherein I, Samson Folk, am joined by my dear friend, Trey, as he pulls up. Trevon Heath, we've been talking about draft prospects lately, uh, for about a month now. We've still got like three weeks to go. There are upcoming episodes with Josh Codanera, Ben Pfeiffer, Sam Vecini, and I think Raphael Barlow, where we will talk about people. But Trey and I have been going two prospects at a time, typically with preamble about the Raptors coaching search, uh, the NBA at large, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of uh, not bookending, but whatever comes before bookending, before the books, that thing. Uh, The book starter, let's say. (laughs) We're not doing any of that. We're going right to the prospects because I think in the next week, the Raptors coaching situation will actually be figured out. And then we can actually talk about certain things. So we'll... Push all that to the side. I have decided to become the Raptors' next head coach. That's right. Uh, what's your idea? What's your plan? What's the vision? Um, I think the first thing is um, just released as many um, defaming information about Scoo Henderson as possible. Ideally, that he drops to the third pick. You, you then, you know, say your goodbyes to whoever is possible, and you make that trade, and you start anew. Okay. Noted. <laughs> If what would be the most actually, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> we don't need to go into that. <laughs> we'll leave that okay, tabled or maybe not tabled. We, we probably never revisit it, regardless. Okay, we're talking about Jordan Hawkins, national champion, Maxwell Lewis, Pepperdine superstar. We'll start with Max. I'll give everybody the rundown. I was asked last time because I give these statistical rundowns to include wingspan. And uh, school. So, okay, here we go. Maxwell Lewis, Pepperdine, sophomore, 6'7 listed height. I've seen his wingspan listed at 6'10. I've seen it also listed at 7 feet. Take that for what it's worth. He's 20, almost 21 years old. 17.1 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 3.3 turnovers. He shoots. Actually, you know what, Trey, before I do this, stats. Uh, any quick thoughts on Max Lewis? Um, I would say Max is probably someone I'm more bullish on than compared to like um, compared to the draft community, and like he's a, a big like that boy is nice type candidate, which is good to see. He is. Uh, he also has the same namesake as my brother Maxwell. Ooh. My brother was very nearly Maximilian, so but regal my, names in your family. But by well, actually, you know what it is, is that since my name, since I've started writing and you know me as Samson growing up, everybody knew me as Sam people before I started writing. And after I started writing, there's a line of demarcation from Sam to Samson. But as it worked out, it was Max and Sam growing up. We had dog names, cat names. Okay, we had pet names. Regardless, 
Okay, Max Lewis, at that point, nice candidate. He is. He plays a very aesthetically pleasing version of basketball. Um, he has good shot mechanics. He has the thing that everybody loves where on the like the hang dribble, you put the ball down and you gather. His step covers like nine feet instead of six feet. He's really good at using his length to get downhill. And length plus shooting is it's very appealing for many different people. Let's get into the statistics so everybody understands. Okay. 62.7% at the rim, 47% on short mid-range across 47 attempts, 23% on long mid-range across 17 attempts. He shot 35% from three, 66% of those were assisted. That's a super high uh, rate of unassisted threes for what it's worth. He shot 79% from the line, 47% from the field, and he had a true shooting percentage of 57%. 1.4% steal rate, 2.5% block rate. Catch and shoot numbers, 26 of 59 for 44% from three. He shot 34% on his unguarded on his guarded looks. He shot 55% on his unguarded looks. 32 attempts at unguarded, 27 in unguarded. I feel like I'm messing those up. Dribble, okay, off the bounce. 22 of 52 inside the arc for 42%, 21 of 75 from three for 28%. But volume is good. People like that. Defensive points per possession stuff. So just so people know, this is kind of like cannon fodder. This is when he was put in the defensive role, what the other team scored. And, you know, it can range quite a bit of how much he impacted all of this stuff. These are the raw numbers. It doesn't really address that he, you know, the on-ball stuff, he has the tools to be a lot better, but it doesn't really cover that he's not typically been very good off-ball. So 0.667 as a pick-and-roll ball handler, that's categorized as very good by Synergy. 0.885 on handoffs, that's categorized as average. 0.773 on offs, on the off-screen plays, that's very good. 0.545 in isolation, that's very good. Okay, Trey, if anybody... I did that, just read off a bunch of numbers for all the people who listen on the the higher speed so that they have to rewind and go back and be like, what was that? You know, what was that? <laughs> anyway, those are the numbers. What do you think? Okay. I think uh, Max Lewis is obviously like a very much like um, a long-term projection and sort of like what like I call like an in-theory type player. But like the... Wait, 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 wait. This is a new... What is an in-theory type player? Like... He fits. He fits all the molds of what you want to be, but it doesn't. It isn't necessarily applied on the basketball court. Like for example, he's very. He's very long. He has decent burst, so that should probably lead to being like lead to a lot of a lot of steals, and he should be a very good defender. But the defense isn't very good. But over a long term, you feel like with technique, more intent, lower usage, that will translate in the NBA. Sort of like how it did for like someone like a Jaden McDaniels, for example. Like he came into Washington, known as like this boy's the next KD, like Kevon Looney, for example. And that didn't necessarily work out. He he moved into Minnesota, had a, a lower usage type role, figured it out on the defensive end, and that's probably like his hallmark in the NBA now. They have Kevin Durant, but we got Jaden McDaniels. Um, that that wrinkled my brain. That piqued my interest. A lot of people would say like high ceiling, but you're like, he's an in-theory player. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like that. That's a little new piece of terminology. Okay. 
I, I, I do like that. I might work that in on my own end, but go ahead, Max okay. Lewis. I think the, the big positives is um, there's a lot of like pop and upside with his handle and ability to create separation. He has very good bursts, and when he gets there, he actually finishes at the rim, like you said, at a very, very high clip. Um, also, although like with when you look at the, the raw numbers, his assist to turnover ratio is, is quite bad. He shows to, he shows a, a level of upside where he can punch through a hole, see a hedge defender, find the the rolling the rolling big, and make plays like that, which leads you to believe that there's upside for him to be a primary and possibly maybe an all star type type player. Um, the shot mechanics are very fluid. The catch and shoot numbers lead you to believe, and his free throw indicators as well that he's going to be able to shoot one day. I think the the gap probably is the 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 current role that he's in at Pepperdine was the defense is flat. They're all looking at you. You need to make a play. And a lot of the times he has that instinctual ability, kind of like a Jordan pool guys like that, where he can navigate and still get through the, the pain and make those type of moves, but they lead to a lot of turnovers. And that's not the role you want for him in the NBA. Why I think he would be useful, especially on the Raptors with that long stride, with that ability to, to make quick moves and punish punish defenders who are overly aggressive to him. I would love him coming off of DHO off of, of Scotty. Um, playing off of Pascal, if he hits enough jumpers, they're going to have to respect him. Attacking with a closeout and having the ability to actually finish at the rim. And he's shown some ability that he's going to be able to take that two-dribble pull-up hit from the mid-range, which you've seen like within the playoffs is, is super, super valuable. Um the shot is going to be the the swing skill for him. If he doesn't if he doesn't shoot a, a decent level or even average level, it's going to be hard for him to make a rotation given his defense is very poor right now. But I I consider him a a swing at bat and with that level of handle at that size and already shown an ability to shoot and finish at the rim, I would take a swing if there was a team like say the Lakers, the Hawks, guys like that who have someone who who attacks a flat defense and he'll be able to come off of them and work and have those little bit of usage in those like small moments. He definitely, especially with that gather and a lot of the, like he's a high risk passer. Yeah. I like high risk passers. I think that, I think even though the turnovers are really high, I think that's a really great indicator. Now, some people may disagree, that's fine, but High-risk passers make high-value passes, and he definitely tries that. The most common pass I saw from him is like that that big hang dribble that put the ball down, that big gather into the lane. You get somebody to step up, and now he has a lay down. That's the most common thing I saw from him. But I also will talk about Jordan Hawkins later on. I saw way more types of passes from Max relative to Jordan, way more types of passes from Max relative to sensible it's just even though the turnovers are high even though i don't think he's really marched out there as like this fantastic playmaker there's a wide variety of reads which you know at the college level in two years you want him to already be making better decisions his shot selection isn't very good either that might make you think like oh i don't know if he progresses at the next level it's not as clean an indicator as you would hope like a like a first year freshman guard who has like a ton of assists and a ton of turnovers but created a boatload of good looks you just kind of try to ignore the turnovers because this guy's going to go to the NBA he's going to learn the league 
Um, maybe that exists a little bit less for Max. But the thing is, is that a wide variety means he's seeing a lot, processing a lot. And even though there are mistakes, that does speak to a scalability, which is, you know, we've talked about it before, but how important it is to be able to make progressive reads that aren't, because otherwise, if the defense can force you into boring, you know, like they don't really gain anything types of passes out of attention, then they can dictate the offense away from you without losing anything. And Max, at the very least, seems like a guy who will try to skip that. Yeah. will try to beat the defense in that way. That's what I like. Uh, the shooting, the, as we said, the jumper's good. It's not like incredible numbers from a college shooter, but it's good. There, there are good numbers. And um, playing, you know, like that big step and the way he likes to pass, I think indicates to me more so as like a second side guy. But especially with quick decision-making, being ready to put the ball on the floor and having presumably the shooting to draw that that closeout out there, uh, I think that there's a lot of room for him to succeed at the NBA level. I know the Lakers pick is the 17th. I know kind of around there, he's not a for sure lottery guy, yeah. I don't think. But he's a really interesting player. He can score pretty well. He can create space. And while he isn't as robust using his footwork and shooting as the guy we're going to talk about later on in this episode, I think that he's a fairly well-rounded guard slash wing who will produce offense for you. And, you know, you watch the defense. There's some times where you see him like slide and contain. There's some times where you see him. You talked about having good burst and length and being able to like jump a passing lane, especially those passes back up the court. We see like the the wing to point, he can get on top of those really quickly. He should be way more effective at the nail with his length. He isn't. Um, there are gaps in how he pays attention. But overall, I enjoyed the process of watching Max Lewis, not more than some of the other guys we've talked about, but I think that's an NBA guy, which, yeah, NBA guys are good. I agree. Like, I think like Max Lewis is like a real good litmus test also just for like, pure development like what do you think about like certain guys who like max obviously has the tools to be a good defender but hasn't shown that in college can that be taught in the nba is that more of an intention thing what how do you think that will translate into the league so the miami heat maybe right now are a great example of getting shooting and then trying to teach them to compete and defend in a team concept and while some people might think zone makes that easier, zone actually makes that harder. Zone will allow for you to um, kind of bypass your limits as an athlete, will bypass your limits as a bursty guy to hang on ball. But it's really going to test your ability to be cerebral on the defensive end, to stay like because the, the heat, for example, play. They don't play like a 2-3 or everybody's kind of talking about this right now as they should be. It's a really interesting wrinkle. The Raptors are similar in this sense sometimes that it's an amoebic uh, zone defense that can change and go to man mid-possession. And to be able to do that kind of stuff, you have to have all five guys really care, really give a shit about what's going on on that end. And length will always help that stuff, but you have to have intentionality and you have to have attention to detail. And he doesn't have that stuff, but we've seen players who don't have traditional tools on defense do better at the NBA level because they they do want to pay attention they do want to you know achieve perform at a high level defensively and they make that 
a really important point of their their development and some guys that just never ends up being a thing. We've seen this, you know, we've seen this with Raptors players. We've seen this with players across a bunch of different uh, spaces in the NBA. But Max, I have a tougher time saying that I think he'll be a good defender than maybe some other guys we've talked about. But yeah, even even I think Hawkins probably I would feel better about him being a, a good NBA defender than I would about Max because it's. You know, and this is once again, we're two guys, we go watch the tape, we talk about the players, and you especially watch during the season and pay a little bit more, more a little bit closer to the, the narratives, the storylines, what's coming out about these guys. But I, knowing if a guy's going to commit himself to the defensive end, I didn't see any indicators that that really would be something that happens at the NBA level. Of course it could, but I yeah. just, the shooting is a little bit, uh, so you make a bet that you think that's going to translate. I'd feel better betting on the shooting than I would on the defense, for example. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like if you were on the Raptors, I'm I'm just gonna base it off of Nick Nurse because we have no coach. <laughs> but um, I think like with the more intentionality, even if like the um, even like this, you can you could probably see him ended up like where GTGA was last year, where he has he has the type of length where he can be very disruptive and lead to a lot of steals, even if maybe you're leading on him more offensively and he doesn't have the same like technique and discipline as like Fred or Pascal or OG, for example. You would I think personally, I think the offense will allow him to stay on the floor and the shot is going to translate. And as long as that he can stay within a team concept, Cause havoc, he'll he'll get minutes, and he has the exact the exact skill set of what you want for your tertiary player off of your star. He's he's not somebody that is going to like he's not someone that you're going to be be able to play off of. He's going to punish the the advantage that he gets, and he's going to be able to get to the rim and score with his like someone who's your your shooting guard being six seven and having six eleven wingspan is just like very uncommon and those are things you can't teach. So like in in the teens, I think it's a really good swing. And personally, like if the Raptors took him at thirteen, I would I wouldn't fall to my knees either. Have you fell to your knees in the past? So last time I was wrong though. I fell to my knees because of Scotty Barnes and I was very wrong. What's uh what are the not even draft stuff, but what are the fall to the knees moments over the past however many years? Trade deadline for sure. Fell to my knees at Derek Clark. Bo- both? Yeah. Thad and Yak? Every every year, yeah. <laughs> no, previous year before that, Kyle trade. <laughs> that didn't happen, yeah. Because I thought we are getting Tyrese Maxis. So I was celebrating for literally like two hours, and then I checked back in. I was like, oh, damn. Don't trade, huh? So, and then obviously, like, playoff losses. Real, real big thing. But I think draft-wise, Scotty. Terrence, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross pick I was right about, though. So Terrence Ross, that's one of my mom's favorite stories to tell <laughs> about me. I'm still in high school, obviously. I'm still a kid when Terrence Ross gets drafted. And when he got drafted, I started saying, Terrence Ross! And, like, walking around my house, like, saying, like, Terrence Ross. Are you kidding me, Terrence Ross? So my mom remembers that name forever because I was like, why did they pick him? And at that range in the draft, I think Terrence ended up being a fine pick. He was surrounded by like what Austin Rivers. Yeah, that was the Drummond draft, actually. Okay. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, Matt, that makes more sense. Right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> the Drummond, right, Drummond. Um, which Drummond had like five good years. Yeah. To be honest. So of note. Um, but anyway, Maxwell Lewis, it seems like is going to be able to, I expect, shoot at the NBA level. I think he's gonna be able to make good reads out of closeouts. I think that his length and burst is better equipped for the NBA floor. Like his strengths seem like his strengths seem like they'll be better suited for the NBA floor. Also, his weaknesses seem like they'll be worse on the NBA floor. Like, you know, he's so good at punishing space and like stepping into the lane explosively and making laydowns as teams try to recover. But he's also the guy who's going to screw up on the other end that allows, you know, other offenses to kind of feast on that aspect too. But um, I like him as a, an upside swing as well, same as you. Uh, any final remarks on Max before we talk about Jayhawk? No, I think I think we we covered it all. I I only thing I want to say if, if Maxwell Lewis is good, please hire me NBA. <laughs> I, I've I've been saying this. Okay, well, you're already hired though. You're the Raptors head coach, as we well know. Right up. Okay, Jordan Hawkins from UConn. That is the University of Connecticut. For those who aren't paying attention in that way, he is a sophomore. He is six foot five, reportedly. His wingspan is six foot six point seven five, reportedly. He's twenty one years old. He is the defending national champion. Sixteen point eight points per game, three point eight rebounds, one point three assists, point seven steals, point five blocks, one point four turnovers per game. Before we get into the percentages and stuff, anything about Jordan Hawkins, Mister Heath? Um, I think like from like the draft community that like, a lot of people like say like KCP like he plays on both ends. But when I see him, I, this, I didn't see KCP when I watched that. That's what I'm gonna say. I see Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. like flashing and flashing my face over and over again. That's what you see. That's what I see. Like obviously, like he shoots at a much. I think he's more talented shooter. But I, I see Gary Trent Jr. a lot. God, I don't want to sell like Gary Trent Jr. at 13, bro. <laughs> I don't I don't see Gary. No. I think if if we're thinking of let's do the let's do the shooting guards of Raptors past. Yeah. If we picked between Norm and Gary, I would actually think now not at UCLA, but I would think that his approach, especially off screens and stuff, oh, yeah, he, is closer to Norm than it is to Gary. But maybe yeah. I'm being in a. But maybe actually, per the numbers, he's, impact stuff, it's probably closer to Gary. He's, just because he's not, Norm yeah, has. He's not as good as the rim, and he's not as athletic, which is why, like, I feel I see Gary Trent Jr. But I do see what you mean. Like, he plays off screens way more than Gary Trent Jr. is, and will take far less dribbles. Um, that's a. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's more athletic than Gary for certain, but he's less athletic than Norm. Although, yeah. you know, we're having this conversation for fun. He's not really either of those players. Uh, to bring up the point you made about not being Norm at the rim, that is a certainty. He shot 53% at the rim this year. He shot 37% in the short mid-range on 30 attempts. He shot 37% from the long mid-range on 24 attempts. He shot 39% from three, on probably across college, 
top five as far as the intersection of volume and versatility and difficulty. Like he he is a gunner. They ran so many sets specifically for him where there's like five seconds of him sprinting around a screen, rerouting, coming around it again, finding an open spot, hitting a three, being on balance. He can also catch way out of his shooting pocket, reset it and hit quickly as teams get out on him to like contest. He's he's a fantastic shooter. He's super, super like impressive. 87% unassisted uh, or uh, sorry, 87% assisted on those threes. So 13% of his looks were or his makes were unassisted, which for a guy like him is actually a decent number. Obviously, it pales in comparison to what we saw from Max Lewis. 89% from the free throw line, insane. Uh, 41% from the field. That speaks to some of the mid-range stuff. That speaks to the rim, uh, for example. And a guy who just shoots a lot of threes, you're going to see field goal percentage kind of crater. But with that said, even though Max Lewis, for example, shoots 47% from the field to uh, Hawkins 41%, Hawkins has a higher uh, true shooting percentage at 58%. 1. 1.4 turnovers per game. 1.3 assists, that's bad. 8.2 assist percentage, that's bad. That's also another Gary Trent Jr. stat. 1.4 steal percentage, 1.8 block percentage. Okay, we're in the we're in the home stretch here. Catch and shoot looks, 41% overall. 55 of 124 for 44% on guarded three-pointers. That's a big number. That's a huge number. 36 of 92 for 37% on unguarded three-pointers. That's fine. Uh, the, the first number being bigger and shooting higher percentage is a really great indicator. Um, many people will say this. That is not a special insight on my end. Off the bounce, 17 of 49 for 32% on his inside the arc dribble jumpers for two. 18 of 58 for 31% on his dribble threes. Here's the cannon fodder, the defense, as it's the same preamble I gave for Max Lewis. points per possession allowed as a pick-and-roll ball handler. That pick-and-roll ball handler defender, that is categorized as very good. 0.811 off of screens, categorized as good. 0.818 on handoffs, categorized as good. 0.833 isolation, categorized as average. As opposed to Max Lewis, I think that Jordan Hawkins, uh, you play on a national champion team. The defense was, you know, something that Connecticut had in their bag. He was a much better defender in team concepts. He was impressive to me at the nail, for example. I am a little bit uh, skeptical of players who, if you see their defensive highlights or when they pop off, it's like wings or guards who are always making these big sweeping like rim side protection blocks. Those don't really translate as often to the NBA level. So uh, maybe a little bit more skeptical of that. But that's all the numbers, Trey. How do you feel about those numbers? You like them? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Hawkins fan. Maybe not at, at 13. Well, no. I'll, I'll frame it as this. Like, if you keep the team relatively the same and you really believe, like, this core is like a championship team, you throw in Hawkins and he's he'll be tenable in a lot of those lineups because the Raptors have very good defenders. And he will add a level of shooting they he might be one of the best shooters that they would ever have, to be honest. I think he's, the, if not the best shooter, one of he's number two to Grady Dick. On on movement shots, he's the best shooter in the draft. He's every, Any highlight you see of Jordan Hawkins, he's coming off of a pin down. 
He's coming off of two screens. They're they're setting up everything to get him open for a shot because he can hit shots at different angles, different different footworks, and relatively at the same percentages. Whether he's taking one bounce, two bounce, and he's going he's going to hit these shots. I think that's very valuable in a, like a playoff settings, particularly like you're seeing with the Heat shooting is at uh, extreme premium. If you can hit shots and hit them in bunches, you're going to win uh, a lot of games. The concern I have is if he goes to say if he goes in the lottery, the he's probably going to get a lot more creation reps, and a team is probably expecting him to probably have more upside than he showed at UConn. I don't necessarily see the level of burst to be able to break down a defense, and even sometimes when he's coming off a DHO or attacking a closeout, he doesn't necessarily have the vertical pop to finish at the rim at the same way like Max Lewis does or like Norman Powell does, which is why you see him struggle at, at the at the rim currently. Scared of scared of contact too. Always yeah. moving away from it. I you don't want to see a guy going into like the hang scoop all the time. The yeah. hang scoop is where efficiency really goes to die. Not only because those are really tough to make but because good rim protectors, they pin that stuff all day long. And he is a hang and scoop guy. His, his layups, big time. There's yeah. some finishes at the front of the rim. There's some dunks that were made. Sometimes he can like, he, he, he has this move where it's like he catches, will stutter into his first step as if it's like a going straight up for a jump. Yeah. And then he'll push dribble into space, which is good because he can get the low man to kind of step up to contest when he's coming curling off of pins. Like that's a great little move. That's that's great use of his of his steps, great use of his dribbles, and he can get by guys. But I, I wonder if that's something that gets respected at the NBA level. And then additionally, we talked about how the big four will benefit uh will benefit Max Lewis so much. The big four, I'm not sure it benefits Hawkins as much because he's kind of in these one-on-one situations where he's constantly running around, coming off of screens, and that separation will stay similar at the NBA level. And he is a guy who, if he gets run off the three-point line, he's not super good in the mid-range. He doesn't really want to get to the rim. So that extra space to play in and, and his limitations as a passer might not be as rewarded as some other guys who are taking that step to the next level. That being said, uh, I know you, you know, qualms about maybe creation reps. I don't think that's much of an avenue for him. He's very slight. He doesn't have a very creative dribble. Um, I wonder if Buddy Heald is a guy who got drafted really high. He got some creation reps. But if you make your bones with selecting Hawkins that high and just trying to understand, like, Maybe this isn't a creation guy. Sure, he'll get reps. Everybody selected at a certain place in the draft gets reps. But if you focus mostly on getting him into a space where he can make progressive reads as a second guy, you know, off of that, and also using him as a weapon to buckle teams in set actions constantly, making sure that the lifts and the drifts are really important off ball, that, you know, zoom action, shake, lift, whatever you want to call it off of pick and rolls is important. And then really dialing in on the defense, I think that would be an awesome player. And certainly a guy who would be worthy of a lottery pick because not all lottery picks pan out. Yeah. You know, if you if you end up as a, if you do all those things with his shooting talent, 
you're looking at a guy who comfortably in many, many, many drafts would be like a top 10 guy, right? So depending on usage, depending on all that kind of stuff, I think he'd, there's a, there's a world where he's worth it in the lottery. Right. But uh, they use the term range of outcomes in, you know, scouts all the time. And maybe his range of outcomes is a little bit too wide to justify that. Yeah. I, I think somewhere like on like, if I'm thinking like the most optimistic on the high end, like Orlando at like seven, who has these placeholders, those guys that you believe that they're going to be able to get to the rim, attack defenses, and they ha- just need those tertiary guys who are going to provide shooting around it. Especially like if you're going to keep Markel as your your point guard of the future, they're going to need a guy like Hawkins who can run off of, run off of screens and they can build in actions with those 6'10 guys on top of it where he can make live pass reads to those guys and lead to easy flushes. But like even even, on, even Orlando at 11 is probably more yeah. honestly, yeah. But but like on like the probably the more realistic level, like somewhere between I think probably starting at like 17 to like in the early 20s is probably where you want to pick him where you have an established star who's generating lots who's generating lots of traffic and is able to kick out and all he has to do is shoot and then be tenable on like defensively like while i think his defense it may be worse in the nba than it is in in college just simply because there's a lack of versatility it's similar to gary in a sense where he probably can only guard his position where he doesn't have the size and length to guard like a larger wing and he doesn't mm-hmm. have the quickness to guard like the quicker guards of the NBA. But in a, in a team sense, you want him to be able to do his rotations, be tenable enough and shoot the lights out where it's, he's a, he's a positive on the floor. Like you see guys like Max Struess, who's, who may not necessarily be the greatest defender in the world, but he's able to shoot well enough where it's it's fine with Miami. You saw that with Tyler Hero in the in the bubble run for them as well, where it it worked out for them. I think probably the most optimistic level, like maybe it's like a hero situation where he figures out the two point jumper. He hits. He's one of the ten best shooters in the, in the NBA, and um, he's a starter for you. But even on the the most conservative level i think you're getting a rotation player like if you draft him like late lottery i don't necessarily i don't necessarily think you'll be super disappointed like you're gonna get a rotation player that's gonna be able to play a lot of minutes for you i do like looking at this you know you have like i don't think he goes 10 or higher so let's say like 11 you brought up orlando as being a place that could be nice orlando could be interesting i'm not sure that God, you know, the Raptors, you got to have a head coach and see what kind of basketball they're going to play before. <laughs> the head coach they hire, obviously, will have opinions and ideas for who they draft. I don't know how highly they'll weigh that. But, you know, New Orleans, that would also maybe fit for them. Utah at 16 is probably super interesting. I think that that could be fun. Uh, I see Brooklyn with 21 and 22. I see Portland at 23. Uh, all that stuff seems like feasible and interesting for him. I know we didn't do the same thing with Max Lewis about saying like X and Y, but uh, between these two guys, I think I, I like Max as a prospect better than I do Hawkins. Although, although, you know, in the new, if Hawkins really brings it defensively, I think he could be better than than Lewis because Hawkins yeah. is going to shoot that thing. Hawkins has a has a much much better floor. Like if you picked him say late lottery, it's I think it's like similar to like Cam Johnson where like 
you're you're just looking for a single here. He's he's gonna be on your team. He's gonna be super super valuable. And like half of these picks don't work out. So if you you get a single, it's a success. So I I could see. I get on base. Yeah. Money money ball says if you get on base, whether it's a walk or a hit, it's the same thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Cam Johnson is a good example because Cam was just a guy. It's like he's just gonna shoot. Yeah, he has the size not to get trampled defensively. He'll fill out as he kind of gets a little bit older. And I think Cam is Cam was older than Hawkins when he got drafted Very as old well. Man. So, <laughs> and so um, yeah, I think that's a really good example to to draw from. Um, yeah, I like Hawkins. Like I haven't seen one player yet that we've talked about that I'm like, he's not going to cut it. He's not going to get to that second contract or something like that. Um, and maybe or, or an extension or something of yeah. that sort. Like Malachi Flynn is going to get to a second contract, but he's not going to get an extension. A team will take a look at him. You know, he has another year with the Raptors, presumably, but we'll see kind of how that shakes out. But this is, you know, guys who are mocked 10 through 20, Versus, you know, Malachi was 29th. Um, yeah. we've Of the guys we've talked about, Koulibaly has had the most meteoric rise yeah. since our conversation. Man, we we talked about him as like, yeah, people are talking about him at the back end. We like him. There's a lot to like. Now he has a promise in the lottery, apparently. And not to mention, he's also been balling the hell out um, in France. Yeah. He looks awesome. Uh, he had like so many really interesting indicators and the tape is mind blowing, but there's a lot of dead air in the games, but I guess like the potential people are really seeing it. Um, Kaysen people still like a lot. Yeah. Anthony Black people still like a lot. Sensible people like um, Grady Dick. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention to his stock, but it seems like he's falling back a little bit farther. I'm not sure if that's the repercussions of a really slow cone test or anything like that, but he was, just kind of the he was way I, so slow. <laughs> the the way I saw Grady talked about was like this guy probably doesn't stand a good chance of being there when the Raptors select. Yeah, but then he he keeps getting mocked farther and farther back. Like so, I don't know. We've been talking about some guys, and they've all been pretty interesting in my estimation, but. Uh, do you have a favorite of who we've talked about? Well, I, yeah, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's, just... ob- it, it's obviously Bilal. Like, if if he becomes a star, I I will never stop talking about it. And if and if he doesn't, I will never speak about it again. <laughs> but um, I think like moving like past him, I would say like of that group that we talked about, I think Casson Walls is probably gonna be the best player of that that group. I think he's probably. I don't think he ends up in our range. I think he goes to like probably somewhere like. Washington plays with Bradley Beal is like the glue that he's been looking for for uh, a quite a long time. And like, if they make the playoffs and they run back the same team, make the playoffs, like you see like, Oh, like this, this 19 year old kid is playing playoff minutes and he's guarding the team's best guard and providing valuable minutes like from year one. That'd be cool. I, man, I do wonder, I'm, I'm sure some people, like I know some people look at the Raptors in this like oh kind of way like what are you gonna do it's and i don't think it's that bad but i think i look at washington in that way i'm like man that's a tough 
I like I don't know what the direction is, but yeah. I, I think they blow it up. Like it's it's real tough because like they had like so many successful seasons of like, but it was still mid. <laughs> I would say no fifty one seasons, no Eastern Conference Finals, even though like they got like very very close. No fifty is crazy, <laughs> crazy to have John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter Jr., yeah. Marcin Gortat, like they had a good team, Nene. They like, and I know these names, some of these names, there's like younger listeners. There's some people who weren't that into it prior to 2019, but I know these names will be underwhelming to you right now, but I promise you these names meant something in like 2000, you know, 2013 through 2017. Yeah. Auto Porter may not play for us, but got a rookie max (laughs) extension. (laughs) Five. Yeah, man. He got paid. It was like five. Was it five years ninety or something like that? It was something. It was something crazy at the time. It was like very contentious of like whether, but like he was a good player. Like he played defense. He, he was a guy who you know. There's a lot of players who they're like this is the safe pick in the draft, yeah. and they just are not the safe pick. Um, Victor Oladipo was a guy who was the safe pick, was not the safe pick for the first however many years, and then turned it up in Indiana, and then was like, oh okay, Otto Porter Jr was the guy who was like, this is safe. And my God, was he safe. He just came into the league, defended his position and a couple others extremely well, shot the hell out of the basketball, Did a, was just like a great player. And yeah, those teams, I can't believe they, I don't know. Uh, Baker, I know he listens to these. My apologies, sir. I know this is. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we're, we're that bad. Like you run, if, even if they run back the exact same team, like, they were at 15 and 11 after the trade deadline. They were a top 10 defense, if I'm if I remember correctly. Like they'll probably make the playoffs again, despite despite Demar Derozan's child. But I think that they're they're a, they're a solid team. And if and if they try to, you know, just <laughs> hit, hit the detonator, I, I wouldn't mind as as well either. Hmm. I don't know, man. This is a. I'll be very interested to see what comes of the next week. I've had people tell me that it was happening this week. You know, you're listening to this listener viewer on Thursday. I had people tell me it was Tuesday. I had people tell me it's next week. I had people, yada, yada, yada. Like nobody knows, man. Everybody, this is the funny part. I said this to you before. Everybody has an ear in the organization or a mouth in the organization. Some people have six, some people have seven. But unless it's Messiah and Bobby, who like it's just who knows yeah because people change their minds yeah even if it is messiah and bobby right then they could just lie to you (laughs) to control i my uh, grange definitely messiah definitely told him that that sucks was going to be the pick (laughs) that they picked something someone completely different so the the only guy who has had a pick from the raptors before it was announced and before Woj and Shams was Blake. Oh. Blake had Malachi before everything, which is fun. But I'm not grinding like Blake, everybody. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat anybody to the punch. I don't know who they're I don't know who they're hiring. I don't know who they're drafting. I don't know nothing. Like a, a folk flock? Is that like your bomb name? <laughs> no, that was a yeah, folk bomb. Yeah. Um, what does folk rhyme with? 
There's nothing, man. It's not like. But I told you, I told this story before. Maybe I told it on the podcast before, but like having the last name Folk and the fact that Folk is like a word of utility, you know, it's like, howdy, folks, or whatever. And I said that when me and my siblings would be at, you know, at a restaurant, they'd say, how are you folks doing? We'd be like, oh, he says hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's about the only folk is, yeah, fine. Remember when I had somebody ask me if that was my real name for a mailbag? Yes. I was like, yeah, that is my real name. Um, I don't know. Draft prospects. Uh, is there anything you want to add <laughs> before we get out of here? Gossman for Cy Young. Yeah, I I, I apologize for ever saying Alec Manoa was, was, was going to be better than <laughs> Kevin Gossman. I was, Bro, you got sent down. <laughs> I, it was, and it was the right decision. I remember I messaged you during the game, but like, he can't pitch another game. Like we're we're losing every first start of the week. That's the crazy part to me is that like he's what one in seven. He yeah. was when he went down by far because there are pitchers who have worse ERAs. There are pitchers who start more games, but there is no pitcher who comes close to the amount of innings he pitched and ERA. It's like it's just not tenable to be that bad for that many innings. And they they let him try it out, man. They yeah. gave him a shot. They did. It, it it didn't work out, but I I think he's gonna come back. He'll 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 be fine. And like we right now, like Barrios has turned it around. We have like three consistent starters, and Kikuchi is like giving fifth he's, starter. He's fine. He's fine. He's giving fifth starter type type utility. So like, if Manoa changes this around. We we can catch the Yankees. The Rays, it might be out of the question now, but we can catch the Yankees and Orioles. Like the fact that they're still in striking range, they're still what five games over five hundred, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like it's not doomsday. We just need a couple guys, a couple guys to to hit better. Varsho looks like he's turning it around. Belt looks like he's a good sign now. Yep. Manoa pitches better. We we uh, got this. Hunjin Ryu, by the way, sure. second half of the season. Maybe yeah. you got now I don't know what he's gonna give you, but he's getting twenty million. Maybe there's something there. Cause you know, he's like a he's like a spinner. He's he's got like six pitches, he's got a great pitch mix, he's gonna throw eighty seven miles per hour, only seven miles faster than you. But I tell you this much, <laughs> he, he can spin it. Uh yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how the rest of the season goes. For the listeners of the pull up trade podcast who are interested uh, in, in our uh, off podcast hangs, uh, not necessarily the next hang, but the next Blue Jays game we go to, we're getting those free sp- uh, Gossman splitter jerseys. Oh, they're Gossman jerseys. They, they do half and half. There's white on one side, blue on the other side, and it's because the splitter, a famous That's pitch. That's what I was thinking. So I was like, we got to go to that game and get that free jersey. We went to the other free jersey game, but we were so late that we didn't get the jerseys. We got to make amends this time. Yeah. We haven't made it to the first pitch yet, dude. No. The Toronto traffic <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> well, we definitely won't drive, though. Well, we'll transit. TTC. Yeah. Big old TTC fan right here. Uh, not that it's good, just in theory. Uh, public transit is an in theory player to me. Just the... <laughs> That's the fact. Uh, any final comments before we get out of here? Um, I think in other potential stuff, like hopefully we're in we're in Vegas. If anyone's there, feel free to let's let's hang, let's talk basketball, and um, 
hopefully there's a, a great prospect that the Raptors um, select and that we get to watch. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, the 23rd draft night, Raptors Republic is hosting. Oh, you're going to, I'll be there for sure. You're, you'll be I'll, there? I'll be, I'll be there for sure. Right, we, I'm going to bring my stuff. I'm going to do a podcast from there. So right. you and I should do a little, especially right. if it's a guy we talked about. Yeah. Now the chances are pretty high that it'll be a guy I've talked about since I have to do so many of these things, but it'd be cooler. I'd rather talk about it with the guy we talked about than with yeah. Sam Vecini. Who's this guy? Huh? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So just uh, people who are interested in coming, chopping it up and having like a little Raptors fan community. Uh Raptors Republic's putting on a little draft night party or whatever. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll announce that at the front end of the next Paul Trey podcast. So maybe more people hear about it. But anyway, uh, Trey, thank you so much for hosting and allowing me to jump on as you are always so gracious to do. And uh, for the listeners, the viewers, thanks for tuning in. We enjoy it and appreciate it so much. All right, we have a finals game to go watch and a Blue Jays game to go watch. Double screen, all that good stuff. Okay, what do you got this morning or at night? Have a blessed day and goodbye.